Well, hello and welcome to Binge Watch, the podcast where we take a look at the hottest new TV and film releases on streaming television platforms. I'm Hannah Fernando, the group editor of Woman and Woman at Home magazine. And I'm Ian McEwen, writer on What's on TV, TV Times and TV and Satellite Week magazines. And today we're looking at the new releases for the week starting Friday the 7th of April 2023, including Guy Ritchie's rip-roaring prime video espionage caper, Operation Fortune Ruse de Guerre, <laughs> starring, <laughs> starring Hugh Grant and Jason Statham, and the Paramount Plus Grease prequel, Rise of the Pink Ladies. And we'll also be serving up Apple TV's sports documentary series, Boom Boom, The World vs. Boris Becker, and discovering some tiny beautiful things on Disney+. Plus. But first, Ian, what is in the news? Well, Hannah, as you know, I was lucky enough to go to Budapest on a set visit. I was sworn to secrecy, but now I can reveal that I was there for the period Disney Plus series Shard Lake, which is based on the novels by C.J. Sansom, and it will star Arthur Hughes as a Tudor lawyer and Sean Bean as Thomas Cromwell. What else is in the news, Hannah? Well, on Disney+, Plus, the 1980s eight-part adaptation of Rivals, Jilly Cooper's novel about the TV industry will star David Tennant as aristocrat Lord Baddingham, alongside Aidan Turner and Danny Dyer. Pretty good week this week, I would say. We're going to kick off on Prime Video, arriving on Friday the 7th of April. It's the new feature-length comedy drama, Operation Fortune, Ruse de Guerre. And here's a clip. So what we got? Something rather nasty has been stolen. We have to stop that getting onto the open market. Who's the buyer? Greg Simmons. The billionaire arms dealer. Ooh, a lot of very serious faces up here, aren't there? You can't catch this fish with conventional lures. I'm sorry? The lure being? Danny Francesco. So it's taken a while for this to actually get to the small screen. It's the latest offering from Guy Ritchie. And uh, he's working once again with Jason Statham. Of course, 25 years ago, they both worked on Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. That seems a while ago now. So anyway, this well, it's quite star-studded, actually. It's a caper. It's very much an espionage caper. So they are slightly sending up the spy genre but uh, it's still absolutely action-packed so the gist is it's a MacGuffin really something has been stolen no one knows exactly what it is but it's worth a lot of money and it's thought to be very dangerous so Eddie Marsan I'm kind of surprised to see him in this to be honest he plays a British government intelligence agent he asks operative Nathan Jasmine there's some good names in this played by Carrie Elwes from Princess Bride of course nice to see him and he is putting together a crew it's a classic getting the gang together type thing so <laughs> Jason Statham plays another good name Orson Fortune so he is a sort of hard man spy who can kind of pretty much turn his hand to anything completing the lineup. We have, are you familiar with Bugsy Malone, Hannah? I believe he's a rapper. Well, he plays the rookie, JJ, and you've got a cyber expert. You always have to have a cyber expert, Sarah. She's played by Aubrey Plaza. 
So it's quite Mission impossible in that they have to kind of go undercover in various exotic locations like a luxury yacht and a sort of very expensive house and break in and do things, plant bugs, you name it. It's absolutely action-packed. I'm not a massive fan of Jason Statham, but I know he's hugely popular. There's one thing that I'm not keen on, as you know, Hannah, is when people get repeatedly smacked in the face in fights on TV, and they seem to be absolutely fine. But anyway, that's by the by. Um, Hugh Grant is in it, who was in The Gentleman. He's playing a billionaire arms broker. He is very funny, and he gets all the best lines, and he, he's, he's just terrific in this, as he was in The Gentleman, I think. And Josh Hartnett plays um, a Hollywood movie star who they also recruit uh, because Hugh Grant's character is, is very impressed by Hollywood stars and their girlfriends. I would say one of the standouts of this, thank goodness, because it's very blokey, as you'd expect from a Guy Ritchie movie, Aubrey Plaza as Sarah, I think, is really, really good. She's just got a real spark about her, and she makes the most of everything she's given to do. So... I didn't. I really didn't think I'd particularly enjoy this, but it certainly sweeps you along. Uh, there's quite a lot of wisecracking dialogue, you know, patchy in places. There's lots of great action set pieces, and it looks amazing. And and Hugh Grant is hilarious. So there is plenty to enjoy. I would say. Did you like this, Hannah? Well, I had to watch it not only because we're doing binge watch, but also because the name, the title, <laughs> yes. last week, I stumbled over it a number of times. So I felt those. I had to give it some time. Um, do you know what? It's not something that I would necessarily think I'd actually enjoy, but given the star wattage of the cast and you know the whole Guy Ritchie vibe that I mean Jason Statham still find him attractive he's doing well isn't he looking very good and Hugh Grant as you say very funny so it, it does I think as you say it sweeps you along and it's um it's it is action-packed as you'd imagine it to be um there are times where I find sort of the um the fighting a bit too much and a bit too icky um although like you said they come off quite well actually um but it's i i quite enjoy gangster um sort of uh, things like this you know i i, I think dramas like this because it's sort of it's done well and as i say that the, the people in it sweep you along and the and, and the script's really good so i would say yeah one one for for most well we like to mix things up on Binge Watch, we've got a, a broad selection of genres for you this week. We're going to continue over on Paramount Plus with Grease, Rise of the Pink Ladies. And here's a clip. Good morning, boys and girls. Thank you for the best summer of my short life. And welcome to the 1954 to 55 school year. Olivia. Saved your seat on my lap. <laughs> sure to be our greatest year at Rydale yet. Yes, so anyone who listened last week will know that I was pretty excited about this and I earmarked this as one that I wanted to um, review. Now, where do I start? So, <laughs> if you're a fan of Greece like I am, it's kind of um, one of those things that you, is it best left alone? You should, should you really be going back there? And the answer is, in my opinion, probably not. Although I've read a lot of interviews from the cast about this, 
all sort of feeling the same, but then felt that this, the premise of this was slightly different. So this is the prequel to um, the, the musical movie Grease. And so um, it's set in 1954, four years before, you know, the movie was set um, with John Travolta um, and all those uh, lovely moves with Olivia Newton-John. So this is all around the Pink Ladies. And you'll remember the Pink Ladies in Greece, but there are quite a lot of questions about them. Well, you know, why they're there, you know, what's their backstory and what have you. And this is a 10-part series and it and it follows them. And they're, they're essentially misfits and they, they sort of... They have quite relatively speaking outlandish behaviour and um, they create this this group with the, the satin pink jackets called the Pink Ladies. And you kind of see the rise of them and why why they became, why they're such a big part in the film that we then latterly see. So this is this is a musical. It's just and I'm and I again, I like musicals. I, I this is right up my street. This should 100 percent have my name on it. But I'm going to say it, I felt so let down by it. I felt so disappointed, which is massively controversial because every fibre of my being wanted to love this. And I need to stick with it. I've not seen every single episode. There are 10 and I have not seen every single one of them yet. So I'm going to stick with this because, as I say, every part of me um, wants to love it. But I think that when you love something so much like Grease, it's quite hard to go back there, albeit it's different. Um yeah, it just it just it just didn't do it for me in the same way. It just it jarred. It felt quite contrived in places, and um, yeah, just yeah, it was a bit try hard. I thought. What did you think, Ian? I liked it. Ah! I did. I, I, I loved Greece back in the day. Um, it was a, yeah, I was at school when Greece came out. We used to go to parties dressed as the T birds. So yeah, this was right up my street. And of course, they have revisited Greece in with Greece 2 which um I know the critics weren't keen but uh, I know quite a few people who absolutely love it I think Michelle Pfeiffer was in that anyway so yeah I was looking forward to this and I I did enjoy episode 1 so it starts in great style so of course I mean there's so many references to the original movie it starts at the drive-in of course remember that stranded at the drive-in and it's very cinematic there's this huge scene where all the kids are down at the drive-in and there's a lot of stuff that's done in one take sort of crane shot and they're all dancing on the bonnets and on the roofs of the cars it's it's really impressive and they're singing uh grease as well so quite a lot of the music from the original is featured but there's some new music as well it wasn't that taken with the new songs but um yeah, I I did enjoy what I saw. So it starts off with this character Jane, who's quite quite a sort of geek. She's a relatively new arrival at school, and she is starting to go steady with one of the jocks. But um, then this rumor goes around that she's gone all the way with him. So quite a lot of it is about you know what rumours can do to your reputation and how people will treat you, how you can become a pariah and what the, the sort of moral panic that, that sort of spreads at Rydell High. Yeah, I did I did like what I saw. I thought it was pretty funny. Um, and of course, these are new characters as well, aren't they? Although the, you've still got the T-Birds and you've got the Pink Ladies, they're actually different characters. But yeah, you've got the jocks. And they've, they've, de- they've definitely intru- introduced a lot of diversity 
for instance, I think Jane is half Italian, half Puerto Rican. So there's a lot more diversity. Uh, there are some gay characters. So, yeah, they've kind of made it a bit more contemporary in some ways, but it's still got that golden glow of nostalgia that we, we loved first time around uh, in Greece. So, yeah, I did actually like it, Hannah, more than you did. <laughs> it's, 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 I think it is because I'm so passionate about grief. Okay. I just found it quite hard. But yeah, you know, we, we like to surprise people, don't we? We do indeed. And before we continue, we want to tell you about a new podcast in the Binge Watch family, which is very exciting. Douze Point is your essential Eurovision podcast. And here's a sneaky peek. Hello, London. We are ready for your vote. Hello. I'm Stephen Perkins, and this is Douze Point, a brand new podcast from the Binge Watch family that celebrates the weird and always wonderful world of the Eurovision Song Contest. I'm a TV magazine journalist and a Eurovision obsessive, and together we'll be exploring everything that makes the show great, from breaking news and current stories to deeper dives into the history of the contest. So thank you, brilliant listener, for joining me, and I hope we're going to have fun. We'd love to hear from you as well. So if you've got a hot Eurovision take you want to share, get in touch with us via our socials at bingewatch underscore pod on Twitter. Yes, presented by my very talented colleague, Mr. Steve Perkins. So make sure you follow, listen and share Deuce Point right now, wherever you get your podcasts. Now, we're also going back in time over on Apple TV Plus in a new two-part sports documentary series called Boom Boom, The World versus Boris Becker. And here's a clip. It starts from the beginning. Nobody told me to win Wimbledon 17. I just did it. Wimbledon champion Boris Becker. My game was power. Mental strength. That's how I would describe Boris. He was like Michael Jordan in Germany. Expectations in tennis world. Becoming a superstar in sports. You're now a wanted man. So yes, this, like our previous two offerings, also arrives on Friday the 7th of April. And as I said, there are just two parts. Quite unusual, but good. Uh, so I remember well, showing my age again, Hannah, when at the age of 17, German tennis star Boris Becker, he became the Wimbledon champion. Years later, he became a fixture on the BBC's Wimbledon coverage. He had that infamous incident in the broom cupboard and he also was taken to court for tax evasion. So he's had quite a roller coaster ride, Boris. And so this is a film from Alex Gibney, American documentary filmmaker who's who's very he's done lots of great documentaries. And he's interviewing Boris, who I, th I think Boris is, he comes across incredibly well. but And it's divided into two parts. And, and the first part is very much about the rise of Boris. So there's some fantastic archive footage of him, not just that Wimbledon final, which, which um, shot him into the headlines, but as a very young boy, him winning youth competitions. And, and it's all on captured on kind of home video. Um, then contemporary interviews with him. And I must admit, the interview, he's interviewed before he went to trial and then he's interviewed three years later and he looks like he's aged about 10 years, unsurprisingly, in that process. So 
there's uh, interviews with lots of stars from the game, including Borg and McEnroe and Djokovic. And it's just great to remember what a breath of fresh air Becker was when he burst onto the scene and he was on appearing on talk shows in America and, and in the UK. And of course, he spoke very good English. And he was just this very powerful, dynamic tennis player who was like diving all over the court. And then, unfortunately for him, you know, his financial affairs, apart from the sexual scandal as well, his financial affairs got very complex and he was caught out. So it's it's a great story. It's well worth a watch, I think. I mean, even if you're not a tennis fan. And I think he comes across very well in it, I would say. So, yeah, this was another one I, I very much enjoyed. What did you think, Hannah? I really, really enjoy documentaries like this um sports ones music ones where something where you learn something and you know his early years I don't remember terribly well I just know what a champion he was and obviously you know how his life is kind of blighted latterly for various different reasons and it's just so that I mean it is authentic but the the interviews um with John McEnroe and Novak Djokovic just I don't know, it, it gives a real gritty sense of, of, of knowing who he was, who he is. And, you know, obviously now I'd imagine quite a different person. And um, I, as I say, I just find it incredi- incredibly interesting and it never fails to amaze me how someone's so great, you know, how the mighty can fall, I suppose, and what he's had to go through, um, you know, before before being released Um must must have been dreadfully hard but you know I, I guess that what they're saying is there's no one's above the law but it's um it was it's a very interesting documentary and I and I have to say I always enjoy stuff like this because you 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 learn something new we're going to finish up over on Disney plus with a new drama series called tiny beautiful things and here's a clip my life is a mess my husband kicked me out a few days ago my daughter hates me. Oh my God. Mom! A threesome is a big leap. Maybe you were subconsciously worried about our little threesome, about what? me and you and dad. Ew! No, ew, I don't want it in that ew. same way. How did I get so far from the person I wanted to be? Tiny Beautiful Things on Disney Plus. Now, I didn't like the Pink Ladies, but I do like this very, very much. Um, I haven't watched all the episodes yet, um, but this. It takes you on a real journey. So this is about um, a struggling mum called Claire, um, and she's she's a friend of hers. So you're a really great writer. You know you 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 should do more, and, and sort of puts her up for this um, agony aunt role, and which she feels completely ill qualified for, and, and because her own life's a bit of a mess. And um, but she she takes it on and you see her go through a huge journey um, going back, I suppose. What would she say to her younger self? You know, and there's some really emotional parts to it, you know, where we've all done it. We've all kind of shouted at our mum or, you know, um, being cross or being irrational. And, you know, that's fine if they're still there for you to apologise to. But what if they're gone the next day? And there are some real sort of really very, very sad moments and watching her with her daughter and you know, I'm, a, I'm a mother of daughters and watching her kind of deal with you know the, the children as they go up and through their teenage years and what do you do as they as they become sort of I suppose less in your control and, and have their own mind and so I, I, I felt for me 
it was um, something I could massively relate to, to a degree, although my world isn't quite as chaotic as hers is. Um, but it's, uh, and they do have some very extreme situations like the threesome that she walks in on with her daughter. And I, I say extreme, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that's a street extreme and I'm not going to have that uh, at some point in my life. But anyway, um, it's, um, for me, it just takes you, you know, one minute you're laughing, the next minute you're crying. Um, it's it's an emotional roller coaster as much as anything else. And I just think that something like this, as I say, not only is relatable, I think it's it's acted really well. I think you, you it, it's sort of, it's, it's easy viewing and fun. And it kind of proves that behind closed doors, you know, things can always be different from what you actually see. And I think that, you, as I say, you can really, most people will be absolute, absolutely able to relate to this, I think. Did you like it, Ian, or do you think it was sort of a bit, bit more sort of female twisted? I thought it was really good. And, and what I particularly like about it is, so it's Catherine Hahn plays Claire, the main character, and she's she's not a particularly appealing character like we first see her she's gone out she's got drunk she's climbed in through the window of her home and and in fact she's forgotten that her husband Danny has um has kicked her out Uh, and she's got a daughter Ray so it kind of switches between her her life as a mum which is kind of falling apart really and you see them going to couples therapy and and we get flashbacks to her relationship with her own mum, who's played by Merritt mm. Weaver, and she, she's also got a brother. Uh, and in fact, it was she she lent the daughter's college fund to her brother because he was in trouble, and that's why it all blew up at home. So I suppose it's kind of showing you that the kind of trauma that that goes from one generation to the next so she you you see that they were growing up without a dad and then the mum died relatively young and then we get glimpses of her kind of having problems with addiction when she was younger so and the title tiny beautiful things comes from when she takes up this agony aunt column and she starts replying to the to the posts or the letters she says you know even if you feel a lot of self-loathing, you still deserve the tiny, beautiful things in life. So it's kind of, it's about damage. It's about trauma, but it's also very funny. I mean, she, Catherine Hahn is brilliant in, in the lead role and she gets, you know, she, she's quite an out, outrageous character. She absolutely speaks her mind. She's very, very funny. So yeah, it's a proper grown-up drama I thought and and yeah really absorbing really interesting and um but yeah quite moving as well now we've got to that point Hannah where we find out what you've been binge watching this week so please reveal all well I think it's probably the same as last week because until Saturday night takeaways over there's not a lot else for me on the telly box um actually although I am looking forward to um the new I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here set in South Africa, which was teased at the weekend, which I which I am thoroughly looking forward to. Um, and also, I have to always watch Dragon's Den because I'm thoroughly enjoying that too. How about you, Ian? Well, besides my regulars, which take up a lot of my time, Hannah, um, <laughs> Interior Design Masters, Married at First Sight Australia, um, I did start the latest series of Last Chance You, the basketball one, um, which... It, all the, all of the last chance you documentary series which are basically about um 
students at American Junior College who were trying to make it into the, the, the big time in either American football or basketball are well worth a look. Now, we're going to look ahead to next week's offering. So what's on the agenda, Brenda? Well, Jennifer Garner stars as a woman whose husband vanishes after being caught up in a corporate scandal in the last thing he told me on Apple TV+. And this has been getting a lot of traction. Richard Armitage and Charlie Murphy star as a couple who embark on an intense love affair in the steamy Netflix drama Obsession. I think you'll be looking at that one, Hannah. (laughs) So, So we look forward to those and more. But in the meantime... Keep watching.